0: Welcome to the Conduit Deeper podcast, a
1: podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series from current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our deeper podcast. My name is Mo, executive pastor at Conduit Church joined with our lead pastor, Darren Tyler post Easter week after a really fun filled uh full weekend. It was fun. We had a really good time, right? I think the the incredible weather helped. I mean, it always helps, right? When the, sure. when the sun's out and it's 70 degrees and blue skies, that that always is a a bonus. But man, we had a really fun Saturday, and, Sunday.
0: Yeah. And I think it so for sure the weather helped cuz I mean, I, Saturday you know, it's a little drippy, right? Saturday was, like, was gross. I was like, well, this could be kind of a bummer. But but the other thing that's fun though is can you think of a single person on our I mean nobody nobody on our staff listens to this podcast. So we can talk, <laughs> we can speak freely. But there's not a single person that I don't like working with. We had so much fun. Yeah. Right. It like, was it was that's one of the the litmus tests for people that I work with, um It happened over the years with artists that shall remain nameless, that if you see their number on your phone and you get a pit in your stomach. Oh, man, I've been there. Oh, man, I don't want to take this call. So now that's like, uh, if if there's someone in my staff or our staff, I don't want to say my staff, it sounds like such a jerk (laughs) thing to say, but nobody, like everybody, like I genuinely get happy when I see someone's number on my phone. So that's a good sign that we've got a, a fun team. Yeah but it was just fun front to back everybody and everybody not only quote unquote did their job like but we just they just loved their job i mean i can't even believe we get paid to do this mm-hmm.
1: yeah it was it was a good day it was a full house all the way around incredible worship and props to the people of conduit because the splits across
0: so there were 2500 almost 2600 people which clearly does not fit one time no not even close and that would fit two times so we had to evenly split for it to work and y'all if you give yourself a high five it would be well deserved yeah those splits were even from every service the sunrise service for crying out loud yeah was awesome
1: yeah five services split fairly evenly and, man, it was just a, a well-oiled machine, and a, just a beautiful day of celebration. And I don't know who paid the geese to fly over during the sunrise service, but did, that was money well spent. Did you like how I knew they were gonna make a lap? Yeah, they did a
0: little, they circled. Like, I've like they're gonna make a lap, so I'm gonna call it the Blue Angels. <laughs> That's how geese always, I mean, I'm, That's you, right. they always do that, they hit yeah. out, and they make a lap, and they come back to make their landing, and anyway,
1: yeah, the Blue Angels. It was awesome, we had the cows in the field, and the geese overhead. It was a really fun day. Did you get a good nap afterwards? No, dude. My adrenaline. It took a while for it to wear off. Yeah, that's true. Did Did you? I've noticed that too. No, I, I could. I. I. Yeah, I was the same. My adrenaline was pumping for the rest of the day. Um, but Monday was like crash city. <laughs> <laughs> it Was like completely toast.
0: Yeah i I've, i made a, I made a huge mistake in that. I I really could have crashed on Monday. Get going. Well, I had stuff on the books already.
1: Mm. And I'm like, why did I I know better than this? block that off day after Easter. But, you know, my
0: dog needed a haircut, and the Grimmer quit, so you you had to drive to Nolensville, which is, you know, Nolensville is just Spring Hill with better PR. Can we (laughs) – if you're not from here, you don't know what I'm saying. But it's like (sighs) – People talk about Nolansville, It's this beautiful city, but it's just Spring Hill because it's like one road, but it just bottlenecks in, I'm sitting to go three miles. It's taken me 20 minutes and my dog is a, is a basket case because she knows this is not going to end well for her. She's yeah. going to be subjected to, you know, a groomer. But yeah, so that's like an, I mean, it was like a 45 minute one way drive. And so I'm literally 90 minutes of my day was getting my dumb dog a haircut, which my dad, would have, where I grew up, you didn't, if your dog needed a haircut, you've got the wrong dog. If your dog is sick, the idea of taking him to the vet, it was like, you just get a new dog. They make more dogs. Like that's literally right. the way that my ancestors. Yeah, for sure. Like, so anyway, I'm mean, thinking, what well, this dog has no idea how lucky she is because we would, this dog would not have existed where I lived. They would have, you know, but anyway. Yeah, that, so I, I could have taken a nap on Monday, but I did not, and maybe I'll take
1: one while we record this. Yeah, you might, but I'm going to ask you so many questions to keep you up, um, because we, you did a bit of a deep dive so john chapter 11 we continued the belief series through easter weekend because it lined up with the lazarus story which mm-hmm. is obviously when he is sick and uh and dies and then resurrected so it's just this great um alley-oop for an idea the the discussion around resurrecting life and so the end of the the middle and the end of John chapter 11 you start going down that road obviously of of telling the story of, of Lazarus' resurrection and the implications of that and man it not that it took a left turn but it <laughs> kind of did kind of uh, the look
0: on people's faces saturday night i was midway through and i realized
1: <laughs> well we've already swam too far from shore so we're out here now but that's true i mean yeah we were in the deep end uh, you, you entered into a deeper podcast zone during your teaching. And that's the, which is, of course, the purpose for the deeper podcast, because the vast majority of people
0: who are lovely humans and they make the world go round, find me to be quite boring. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> my wife being one of them. You think you think she listens to this podcast? Or she's got to listen to me run my mouth all week. Uh, but I, uh, I saw the look on her face her eyes glazing over Uh uh-huh and it was um but it was it was a it was a loving look of oh baby this is you got to get out of this (laughs) you're in (laughs) quicksand you poor thing (laughs) pity she was pitying you on easter yeah and we have a culture of honesty here which is good uh and and so i did ask her hey was that was that too much she was like yeah yeah and and i and then i asked you um and you said something along the lines. Yeah, you, p- you p-
1: probably could have got to the point a lot faster on <laughs> <than> that. <laughs> so we we're in the in the green room, eating some snacks. I was like, well. But but, the, but it was such good information. I just felt like for for I that know. environment.
0: It's Easter. Jason has just blown the doors off the place. It's rock and roll. You got Kenny Loggins, guitar player, just ripping. That oh, was so good. Right. And then I go into John Lennox, you know, the chair, chairman emeritus mathematician of Oxford University talking about uh, the DNA of life. I'm like, okay, this is weird. Like uh, we jumped overboard. <laughs> yeah, we <would. laughs> like, yeah,
1: we didn't ease oh. our way to the deep end. It was just like... Launched. Now, I look, I will say this: on Saturday
0: night, it took a while for the build-up, but when I revealed that the big reveal on Yahweh being in in your DNA, the most audible gasp that we heard all weekend was Saturday night. Yeah, and it might have just been, "Oh God, thank you." We're at the po- <laughs> we finally got to the point. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end this it was now. A sigh of relief. <laughs> could have been I could have mis- misinterpreted that. But, but but tell us about that. I well, mean, so what was here's what was intriguing to me. You know, second law of thermodynamics, everything moves from order to disorder. You are dying the moment you're born. Like that's just how it is. This is why these Silicon Valley billionaires are spending so much money Um, is that, I mean, in the olden days, uh, you know, Walt Disney froze himself because, you know, want to bring himself back to life. Now the play is we're going to, we're figuring out what is causing aging and we're going to slow that. Um, and then of course, who cares about all those frozen people? So if <laughs> you're like, what do you, well, you, got too many people now, so Walt, well, you got to stay frozen anyway. Um, but that's the play they're making because that is the question of physical life in general and, and is how do you live forever? And, and so if you're an atheist, if you're agnostic, if you just, if you're just really honest, you got to think, man, okay, the fact that Lazarus, Lazarus, <laughs> Lazarus stinketh, meant that his body was decaying so it's a bi- it's not like he was resuscitated on a table in an in, in an er right, with you know the big chargers and he brought him back he was dead dying decaying and then that process was reversed in him yeah that's a big deal mm-hmm. and it is worth acknowledging that it's a bigger deal than we even realize it is and so it sent me down a rabbit hole of of evolution in general, which says that we have evolved through this natural selection and there's this uh, fascinating conversation with which John Lennox was part of, Stephen Meyer and a couple other thinkers, discussing um, how at this point anybody who's remotely rational has to deal with the fact that Darwin's theory... 150 years ago seemed plausible but 150 years later it doesn't it's it's not plausible anymore which is why we get things like panspermia that aliens must have done this because at some point you have to be honest and say that after the cambrian explosion of all these suddenly this suddenly they call it the cambrian explosion we call it creation where there's this point in earth's history where suddenly everything was created like it's just that's what the fossil record shows. There's a break where nothing happened and all of a sudden everything happens. How do you explain that? And uh, and so they would get, you know, they use the word intelligent design. There's all kinds of language. But to me, it, the, the, the question I was looking at was if the guy that, whoever has the power to just create life out of nothing would certainly have the power to resurrect Lazarus's life. And, of course, that means he we should have the faith that he could resurrect our own lives not just in the afterlife but in the present life he could he could re- resurrect us and revive us in
1: our current current lives is it safe to say that darwinism as a whole is on a decline in 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 universities i mean they're still teaching it as if oh, it's, they're still teaching it here's the thing with any caveats though no. i mean it's been 100 years if you You know, one of the things
0: that when I think back on what one of the things that made me so suspect of our health experts was I had already spent so much time realizing how experts can get married to an idea and so married to it that they literally can't comprehend anything outside of that. And so they they still teach it you know as a theory but they teach it as if it's fact and and, and and anything like that you have to gloss over certain you know aspects of it and one of them is at the at the cellular level what's happening inside of our bodies with hundreds of millions of cells cannot be explained through evolution and again what darwin when when he you know his uh origin of the species was a cell to him was a little blob that looked like jello because microscopes were not big enough to to see that small but now we know they're not they're machines like inside of you are a hundred million machines that tell your body what to do inside of those machines there is a code that's mathematical we call it the dna the, the helix And in that DNA is a code, and if there's a code, then there must be a coder. It's just that simple. But, you know, if you have been married to an idea, and especially if you're married to the idea that there is no God, that idea alone, which is, again, that's where panspermia comes from. What is panspermia? Aliens impregnated the Earth with their DNA. And this is... That used to be super
1: fringe. Not to be confused with or a secular version of Sons of God. Not to be confused with
0: that, but not far from it. Nephilim. They would call them aliens. We call them blurry. (laughs) Right. That's why Genesis 6 Unseen Realm is so important. Yeah. Because it does uh, explain a lot in the world. And again, if you want to, you know, it, it's when it comes to some of the old school theologians, especially who've with uh, after the enlightenment, um, if you don't view the world in the spirit realm, then that's inconvenient. So you get, it's just the sons of Adam and the sons of Seth and, you know, yada, yada, and which, you know, is at best a stretch in, uh, hermeneutics for that. But, um, but they would, but they would go so far as to say that, Somehow aliens impregnated life, created life, left their DNA here, and that's where humans came out of. Because that's where the cells, that's where the code came gotcha. from. Yeah. Um, but at it, it, the core of it all, I, I, I'm, I get it's just maddening to me to Because you, you like Richard Dawkins, biologist, brilliant man. Um, what's the guy? Uh, Bueller, Bueller from Ferris. Bueller's Day Off that, uh, gosh, what's his name, conservative commentator, Brian Lord books him. Oh, really? The guy that played that part? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he actually did a documentary a few years back. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Right? He interviewed Dawkins, and he got to him to say that, yeah, it could be aliens. Um, because at some point, the most honest biologist has to admit that there is something we can't describe through simple evolution. And what I was making the point, what did you find his name? Ben Stein. Ben Stein. So Brian says that when he I don't know if it's still this way, but when you send an offer, you call, it's like Ben answering the phone. Like he didn't have any he didn't have any handlers. <laughs> like if we were to book Ben Stein for a Sunday morning, he would just you'd fax it over, like, I maybe C email now, I guess, but but it's him answering the phone. Hello, Brian, Bueller, Brian, Brian? Anyway. Um but that's uh, that's the 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 whole so the the fact is is that institutions to this day hold that as conventional wisdom and so i was super suspect immediately of anything that's conventional wisdom when it comes to the uh, to the medical establishment because we've seen how that can be um but what i what i love now is that you look at and it's i think it's what really spurred me from it was stephen meyer in an interview um I, i think he's a biologist evolutionary biologist said that if this is true and life was created this way in this miraculous thing, then you have to go back at the Bible and reread it in a way where those miraculous things that are described are not only possible, but plausible. Because the enlightenment taught us that these, these, these things didn't, couldn't have happened because we know now because of science, we know that it couldn't have happened because science. But when you understand the depth of where science is, like we're, when we say science, we're talking about 150 year old versus the last even just 10 to 15 years of what's been understood about at the cellular level. And the miracle of somehow God Creating the um, life in Lazarus and then re- like literally bringing it back, un- unstinking him, <laughs> is incredible to me. It's just incredible. And by the way, one of the things that's really cool uh, is that inside the, the DNA, the double helix, and I explain that, that those little proteins in between, like, every— the, the, the double helix is the—it looks like the little ladder, like a spinny ladder. Mm-hmm. Um it's ten six, five six. I think are the numbers. I should have my notes, but I don't. This is from memory. Um, every ten, so each rung of the ladder in between, there's five of these little proteiny things, and then there's there, so there's ten, there's six, there's five, there's six, in between each rung, and that in the Hebrew language, the letters are associated with uh, a numbers. number. Yeah, gematria, and which means those numbers are actually Yahweh, the the Tetragrammaton, it's literally the name of God in our DNA. It's incredible. It's incredible. And this code, so like when your cells die, which your cells do, you will recreate yourself over your lifetime. I think it's, I don't remember how many times it is. The cells that I have in my body now are not the cells I started with. The cells die, they recreate, but they pass the code to the next cell. Somehow they know to do that. Replicate. And I have this sneaking suspicion that that's part of the when we get a new body a new whatever but that it's that code that's passed on into eternity with us which is how mary could see jesus in the garden and not recognize him immediately but she heard him and she knew who he was yeah interesting because the code is passed on to eternity so whatever that code is we call it a code but it's the soul the consciousness
1: that's what's passed on um and the name of god is wired into it (laughs) So I did a little digging on the the Human Genome Project, mm. which is what kind of discovered DNA, and, and that's where they started giving it um, some definitions as to what they were finding in the DNA with the letters A, mm. T, G, and C, mm-hmm. giving it numerical code and all that. Do you really do you know who the director of the Human Genome Project was? Did you notice how I didn't say his name on Sunday? I could
0: I, I about <laughs> fell out of my chair. I listed his book, but I was like, I can't say his name out loud. It makes me so
1: mad. So Francis Collins. <laughs> Francis <laughs> Collins yeah. was the director for the Human Genome Project. You're like, okay, why is why are Mo and Darren so excited about the fact that Francis Collins... Why could Darren
0: not say his name out loud? The name shall, shall not
1: be spoken. So 2005, he was the director of the Human Genome Project, um, which has been a while ago. Mm-hmm. But he's been on the scene for some time. You're like, why does that name sound familiar? Well, in 2014, he became... Um, he, he worked for the NIH. He was a scientist for the NIH, the National Institute of Health. In 2014, he was working with Eco Health Alliance. Well, that sounds familiar. Well, the Eco Health Alliance—they studied bat coronaviruses. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Caleb's face. I'm watching Caleb's face because it, this is the face many people are making right now. They stu- he stu- and for, f- as a scientist with the NIH. He they provided and was a part of a multi-year grant with the Eco Health Alliance to study bat coronaviruses including genetically engineering bat coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. (laughs) And in 2017 was named the director of the NIH, which his span, his term ran all the way through 2021 through the COVID disaster. Of which, <laughs> of which he became then a spokesperson for all things, you know, COVID preparedness and how to how we should respond. Um, worked directly with and arguably for Fauci. Yeah, not arguably, a hundred percent. Yeah, and became then the um the 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 ambassador to the faith community because he he's he says he's a he's a christian he's a believer mm-hmm. but doesn't believe in um intelligence intelligent creation intelligent design d- d- is very loose on his um, stance on abortion or when life begins mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's so much to discuss with this man um but the fact that he was the director for the Human Genome Project, for the DNA Project. I could not believe it.
0: Ever, uh, what is that Bible verse? Uh, is Corinthians ever increasing in knowledge but never coming to a knowledge of the truth? Yeah. Is Francis Collins in a nutshell. Um, you might remember this, but it was, it was two years ago that Q Conference had Alex Berenson booked to speak. That's right. I do remember this. Remember? Berenson was a OG COVID
1: policy critic. Yeah, a former New York Times journalist yep. on the front end of a lot of... Um, yep. When you and I discovered him, he had like 10,000 followers on
0: Twitter. Yeah. But he was one of the first guys that was questioning, incredibly questioning the the results of, of these policies. So he tweets that he's going to be at Q Conference and... I think I texted you. I, don't, I remember going. hey, We need to go, man. They got Berenson. I, right. I, I remember texting Gabe, going, "Dude, bro, yeah. yeah, good, good job, right?" But they had to ask Berenson to take his tweet down because if Francis, because Francis Collins was booked to speak as well, also
1: booked, yeah. Because Q, their idea is, you know, you can um, let's get. Com- Repeating ideas and let the best one win. Asking questions. That's where the letter Q comes from. Not to be confused it's at with all QAnon. with QAnon. and on. Nothing yeah. Unfortunately
0: related. branded, uh, which is one of the things that uh, I think I remember Berenson's tweet was uh, unfortunately <laughs>
1: <laughs> named <laughs> he, he a conference. mentioned that? Yeah, did. Oh, it was, no.
0: It was really funny because it was the first time I had thought of that going, oh, gosh, that's right. People can think this is QAnon. Not even close. Uh, nope. But uh, but they had to get Berenson to take his tweet down because they are afraid Ber- uh, Collins would, would pull out if he knew Berenson was on it which is such a cowardly thing to do. And t- it's funny, two of the books that solidified my faith were written by, both by, one by uh, most likely an atheist, which is Stephen B. Hawking, A Brief History of Time in 1990, and The Language of God by Francis Collins. No way. Um, because he did you know they mapped the human genome and at some point you have to look at that and say if there's a code there's a coder like we're not just a blob of cell like a clump that just came out of the mud that there's a at the at the most microscopic level there must be a coder and it's a reminder though that you can believe in god or believe that there is a god but even the even the demons believe and they tremble so there's an arrogance of human knowledge it's called what well, we call it pride right now we celebrate it i'm old enough to remember when pride was a sin um but in that pride what what jesus came to do was literally to save us not to teach us he did teach us he was a good example but if that's all we needed, we got plenty of those out there. He came to die for us in our sins. So just so to me it was like, okay, uh, with the language of God or a brief history of time, the question was, okay, so clearly there's a designer. Clearly there's a God. I better dadgum well figure out which one it is. You know, that was my, that was the 90s for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Francis Collins was hugely disappointing the whole way because he, his work with stem cell research From uh, unborn children is is heinous to me. It's heinous to God, for that matter. It's Moloch. But at the same time, God uses the wildest people. And and I guess what I for me what was amazing about it and maybe I don't maybe I should have said his name. I don't know. I just couldn't say it out loud because if I saw him, I'd probably kick him in the shins. (laughs) I mean, literally. He was sent out by the presidential uh, administration, including Trump, by the way. This is just a
1: Biden thing. Yeah, Trump's the one that um, named him as dr- yes director of the NIH in 17. Yes. And so because he was a
0: quote-unquote Christian, there were major well-known influential Christians, including Russell Moore, including Ed Stetzer... Mm-hmm. who gave him their platforms while he would mock people for not taking a vaccine, saying maybe people should lose their jobs if they don't get the vaccine, in front of their audiences and their influence. And I was like, man, you guys, this is like, he's not one of us. And, but he was sold as if he was one of us. And it was maddening, and it continues to be maddening. And so I hold this weird tension in that the guy that mapped the genome and proved the existence of a coder is probably not
1: going to end up in eternity with the coder. Yeah, true. And not disclosing that, in in himself, not disclosing that he was a part of um, research happening at the Wuhan lab, um, you know, seven, eight years ago, studying this exact thing. Yeah. That was unleashed. Yeah, if Jesus should tarry,
0: and you and I get to be old men someday, uh, technically, I already am, but you'll, <laughs> you'll catch up to me. Oh, come on. Um, sitting on our rocking chairs and whatever. I hope that when people write the history of this, that they write the history uh, that that was these men that were d- d- literally the Wuhan coronavirus laboratory funding it. Somehow didn't feel that was important to say, or more likely felt it was very important not to say. Correct. Um, and that the whole corporate media, politicians, everybody just went along with it, is criminal. Yeah. It's, it's And it is a reminder of why our hope cannot be in government. It can't be in Republicans. It can't be in Democrats. <sighs> because... Once again, I mean, I, at 52, I've always voted, been pretty much a one issue voter for the most part, and that's the, the sanctity of life from womb to tomb. And the Democratic Party has not only made it a, a important, it's literally, they don't even want you. They've, they've said it out loud, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the whole thing. If you don't, you know, uh, late-term abortion, whatever, no exception, it's abortion, abortion, abortion. So I can't vote for a Democrat. If that's your party and that's your platform, we're done here. Now, there are things in the Republican platform, not a fan. Um, But if you're down to a two-party thing, you know, who do you choose? I for sure don't choose that. But I for sure can't, we can't put our hope in it. Because the, the, the folks that had put their hope in Trump as the savior... He's the guy that shut the country down. He could have, we, for a couple of weeks, I mean, I, I have empathy. I can give some leeway to that. But the fact of the matter is people were figuring it out. Ron DeSantis figured it out by May of 2020, all right? That's only eight weeks in. It, whether Trump's a germaphobe, I don't know. I just know that so I'll go on record right now not voting for that guy. He didn't have the courage to speak up when he didn't, whatever, you know. It's not that, you know, he was trapped, because that guy clearly was never trapped. He said whatever he thought. Like that We don't ever wonder what he was thinking. He just said it. But he bought into that way too deeply, way too quickly, and way too long for that. So you can't put your hope in a president. You can't put your hope in a governor. And what we just discovered this week in our cities, you can't put your hope in city council because they're going to let you down. You know, we put our hope in Jesus, put our own hope in that, and put our own lives in that. And then, you know, candidly, I don't know. I mean, are you running for mayor of Franklin, Mo? Because last night as I was going to bed, it was either you or me. And I realize
1: now you're younger. The last time I ran for something, um, I did win. It was 1997. Oh, buddy. Was this student council? I ran for vice president, student council. And one, I was massive underdog. But my campaign strategy Uh worked. What was it? (laughs) Because we might need to redeploy. (laughs) I need to go back to dig out some old notebooks and figure out what my campaign strategy was. So like all the cool kids were getting voted in every time. The cool rich kids. They, They were always just, they always got in. And I came at it from like I'm the common guy. I'm the common man in Dayton. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll Billy elegy. I'm the common man. J D Vance. That's right. I was your high school. That's right. And one brilliant. And the kid that I beat was it the banker's son? Yes.
0: (laughs) He was. I'm
1: I'm, I'm writing the TV movie right now, and it's got to be the banker's son. Entitled rich kid. And I and I won. I beat I beat this this kid. It was this. Just rich snob, and oh, man, and he cried. He cried? He was, he's 17 years old. Oh, he's crying. Was he, he wearing a sweater? He could, Like a sweater like vest. Like a cardigan? Oh, yeah, yeah. He couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Did he have good teeth? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had to have good teeth for your banker's kid. And I think his mom was uh, like an optometrist. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, so he had, like expensive contacts. Oh, yeah, he was crushing. So, point being, like I have run for office before. <laughs> well, so here's,
0: as I was thinking about this last night, um, I live in College Grove. I don't think I can run for mayor of Franklin.
1: That's a good question. I don't I don't know the ins and outs. Right. You live in Franklin. I do have a Franklin. Idea. Yeah, so it's Mo for mayor. Mo Mayor. <laughs> mo Mayor. Mo Mayor, Mo Money, Mo you Momentum. Can't, you can't spell mayor without an M or an O. Dude, that could be your... So
0: that can Nick party get working on this? Yeah, we need to start A big M that and up. a big O and air in between. <laughs> you
1: can't spell man without Mo. <laughs> momentum, Franklin. Momentum. So what was the what was the issue? So for those that maybe are just catching up, like yeah, oh, I live sorry, in Franklin, like what's what's going on in Franklin? Fact of the matter is, it made national news, and I haven't really, I haven't gone to national websites this morning because I, I just I despise them. But I know it made AP. I know it made uh, Yahoo, NBC those three for sure were covering the city council vote last night a national media was covering franklin local city council vote about whether or not to permit an application for the per the pride not a parade but it's a it's, it's a an event. pride it's festival so uh,
0: an all-day festival at a city-owned taxpayer-funded venue
1: in downtown franklin so they, had, they hosted one last year. Was last year their first year or their second year? Second year. So last year was their second year, and man, it went off the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all the things that you're thinking of how it could go off the rails is how it went off the rails. And so obviously, um, the community has, has joined together and banded together to try to make sure that that festival does not happen again, given some consequences for how it went off the rails. Yeah. Pretty much that simple. But it became—it's um, become quite the uh, the flashpoint, hot topic um, that resulted in a a uh, a large gathering at City Hall last night, of which you participated. I did, and uh, had the opportunity to get a microphone for sixty seconds. Yeah, which a minute's not very much. <laughs> no, it's fast. <laughs> um,
0: I had a minute to say what I was going to say. Uh, I was there last month. That was when the first vote was cast for this, and they unanimously voted to defer the vote, which is also known as kicking the can down the road, hoping it's going to go away. That's right. And so it was not going to go away, obviously. And, and here's my position on this. There's, there's when you're dealing with uh, the laws of this world, the earth, whatever, there's God's laws. And there's man's laws. And Romans 13 is very clear, talks about what's good versus what's legal. And even though a pride event is legal, it doesn't mean it's good. And what happened last year, I mean, just to be clear, maybe moms and dads turn this down if you got kids in the backseat. Come back to it later. But literally in our little Franklin, drag queen guys, and I saw the videos that were from there. And the thing was that they were shared... Because the people that were there weren't sharing them like, oh, busted. Like, it wasn't like Project Veritas was down there. They're very excited about this. And the video that got me was this giant dude dressed in somebody's wife's underwear, dancing extraordinarily suggestively. And I might add, for a man of this guy's stature, he was full-figured, if you know what I'm saying. Pretty flexible. I'll say that. Yeah, it was kind of impressive. I was like, dude, that's like Chris Farley uh, dressed like a woman. And this little girl, I don't know, five years old, puts, you know, puts a dollar in his G-string. And I was livid about this. Um, Because put that in reverse, if we would, if this was a heterosexual type thing and we brought in male strippers for Easter, I would be arrested and should be for that. It's sexual assault like it's a crime and not only was it not illegal it was celebrated so encouraged all it, of it and it's been a year the leadership of this organization i've paid very close attention have not only condemned it they've not apologized for it they're not even sorry about it and i was there last month and there this month no apologies no nothing and and no penalty for it. So, all I'm asking so, again, the laws of this world, the laws of this land. Biblically, there's no question. Like, I could make a biblical case all day long. But maybe if you're uh, even if you're a secular, progressive, whatever, you can't vote the, the Bible, it's arguable, whatever. This wasn't a complicated question. This is an organization that violated the trust of our city, of our tax dollars. Without any penalty at all. None. And trust, you guys have heard me say it around here a lot, is earned. It's not given. And every time you violate trust, it takes trust out of the trust account, right? You gotta earn it back. Happens in marriages all the time. Like you gotta trust me. Well, you you my trust account is bankrupt right now because I'm you know, I'm being an idiot they're, tr- they are overdrawn. They're bankrupt on their trust account and they let them just write a check, of tr- a trust check with it. So yeah, I was there. There were a few pastors with me. Probably the most heartbreaking thing that I heard, and I'm not even sure it's true. I'd love to get your thoughts on this Mo. was that one of the aldermen, his name is Matt Brown. Um, I, I, I think it was him that said this, that He'd heard from lots of clergy, and the clergy were evenly split on this, so it wasn't a unanimous thing. Is that even possible, that, that in our, our city that it would be evenly split
1: between the clergy that are, are supporting and not supporting? Not in Franklin. There's, there's just, it's yeah. just no way. I mean, he's speaking to people maybe that, that are in Davidson County or closer to the city, but I just yeah. can't imagine a yeah. scenario where that would be accurate. I can't either and and so i don't know
0: matt i know a lot of people that do know matt i don't think he was being dishonest um i think he was being disingenuous which maybe is another way of saying dishonest but what i mean is that um who you define as a, as a spiritual leader because you know as well as i do these little uh these there's these quote-unquote pastors on tiktok they've got like 14 people in there they don't have a church at all they just call themselves a pastor um, so maybe he's talking about them. But I know of the pastors that I saw there last night, I think I counted 10 that, that I know, and I know most of the pastors in town. We represent probably upwards of eight to 10,000 people in this county. Um, so to suggest that it's evenly split was like, if that's true, it's heartbreaking to me. Yeah. Literally heartbreaking. I, what's probably more true was that it slipped under the radar and that I mean, a a friend of our a guy you and I both know, pastor friend, because I was working the phones like a politician. Sure. I need you there. And one of the guys like, dude, I'm so sorry. This completely slipped me. I didn't even know this was going on. I'm so so embarrassed in my own city. But it's like if you, you know, it's, I, I think that's probably more the case that most of the pastors didn't know about it or by the time they did know it was too late. But anyway, I was, that was heartbreaking to know that it was even possible that, half of the pastors, but it then reminded me that's why it's important for pastors to speak up because what we sure know is that if there are pastors that are of a, of a different opinion, they're very vocal. Like People that accuse me of being political, uh, it, it's hilarious to me when you think about the, the progressive side. It's, it's all politics from a progressive Christian pastor, Um, but we needed to speak up. So we, yeah, what happened last night was we were allowed our one minute and there were 103 one hundred and six people. That so it was one hundred and six minutes, um, and they voted, and it was it came down to a fifty a, a four a four to four split,
1: um, and deliberated quite a while. Yeah, I mean, because the vote was what they 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 started, so they dismissed everyone. Yeah, and then started the, their internal proceedings <sighs> around seven seven thirty. And they, they deliberated for almost two hours yeah. internally about this. Yeah. Um, which is unlike, that's unlike a, a normal scenario. I mean, it's usually just a quick 10-minute yeah. thing. Yeah,
0: yeah it's uh, it was shocking to me, but um, four of them voted to deny the permit. Four of them voted to allow it, which meant it was up for a tiebreaker, which the mayor breaks the tie, which is why I now uh, Mo is going to run for mayor because <laughs> the mayor voted for it he is a a lovely uh, human being Mayor Moore been around a long time in this community uh, he, he looks like something off of a Hallmark Christmas if you were going to ca- go to central casting for a mayor of a Christmas town in a Hallmark movie you would you would cast Ken Moore as he is
1: and Franklin's been
0: a Christmas town in a Hallmark movie 100% <laughs> and in his desire for unity voted to approve this event you know and of course like you uh, I think you said that he made some statements that you know, we're watching you we're you know but the lack of courage that that took is is just frustrating one of the public comments was this lady that uh that wanted them to approve the permit. And she was saying, I don't know when the big deal, I mean, drag's been around forever. This is almost like word for word what she said. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, my mom would take me to New Orleans and she'd say, you know, look, you you might see some naked people when you walk by these doors, but that, you know, like, that's the point. That's literally the point. Like, I don't want my children walking down main street going, hey, be careful. There's going to be a very large man dressed in women's underwear wanting you to give them a dollar. Like, I don't want any of that going on in my city. And Which I appreciated she said the quiet part out loud because the rest of them were saying. In fact, the last thing she said was the the Franklin pride thing is it's so soft. I've been to a real one. I know what the real ones are about. I'm like, see, that's the point. And you just made it. And still, Mayor Moore voted to approve it. And it just was like, it wasn't surprising. If anything, I was actually, I was honestly glad that there were at least four because I mean, a a month ago, there was no votes against it, right? It was we're going to defer it. So at least we got four on the city council to say no to it. But I, I want to say this to anybody that's listening right now. There were many people from our church that were there. You guys were respectful. You were kind. You were, um, a good example. There were some Christians like always that were not, but ours were. And I was, I'm just so proud of the courage of, of, of our church family to stand up for decency, for morality, and, and most of all for our children,
1: yeah. I mean, I think that's some of the feedback that I've heard in the past 24 hours is just, you know, how do we, how do we stand up for these things and when do we do it? Where do we, like, what, what do we do? Like every, there's this sentiment that there needs to be some action, some vigilance. And how do we go about that in a way that is respectful? That is Christ like? How do we move the needle um, without drawing attention to ourselves in a way that's not Christ like? Like, these are some questions that that people are asking because they want to get involved and they want to protect their children and their community.
0: Well, can I speak to that? Because the question is Christ-like, right? And who gets to define Christ-like? Because saying what is true is Christ-like. There's this misguided notion that if it offends somebody or it hurts their feelings, that it's not Christ-like. And that's not accurate. There's also this idea that uh, Jesus never spoke to, that the Bible, there's no, we shouldn't engage in politics at all. And I would remind people that it was John the Baptist that got beheaded. Why did he get beheaded? Because he told Herod, you should not murder your wife and marry your cousin. You're a pagan and you're going to hell. And they cut his head off. So we should not be silent and we should expect consequences for that because the unseen realm, the gods of this world, the fallen sons of God, there is an agenda that they have and it is on full display in, in our nation. And so do we curl up in a ball and say nothing? No. Do we get angry and shout and scream? No, because that's the other it's just another it's it's a ditch that we could get into because jesus didn't operate out of fear and i've said this and it's really helpful for me uh, is that if you're yelling if you're typing in all caps that's rage and rage isn't anger rage is fear and we can't be doing fear we we just shouldn't by the way it's not even effective right so fear doesn't help anyway and it sure doesn't help us Healthy anger is called passion, and that's what we need. We need passionate people willing to pay the consequences for it, willing to be maligned, to be flipped off. Somebody flipped me off when I left. Um, <laughs> um, willing to be misunderstood because uh, I don't hate. So Obviously, you're phobic. You're a hater. We just have to be willing to be labeled as such. The only models that I, not the only, but the main models that I have looked at for us as a modern is what would it look like if we lived in Babylon? Well, we know because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, like we know what it looks like to be a foreign an exile in a foreign land. And that is, I've said this before, it's the psalm where it says, and we sat by the rivers of Babylon and we wept because we, they lost their country. They were in exile. But they didn't stay there. They eventually got up from the river, brushed off the dust off their feet, went back into Babylon and got back to work. There were consequences for Daniel. There were consequences for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I'm sure they were probably maligned and hated by their people. Um, Daniel wasn't even his real name. Shadrach, Meshach, they they actually were given Babylonian names. Um, They were probably maligned by their people. That, That part has probably been the most hurtful to me that I didn't. I kind of like, oh, duh, I should have known that. But it's the people that are my fellow Christians that have been harsh, that actually hurt more than anything else with it. I'm kind of over it, maybe, I don't know, maybe to talk to Phil Herndon about that. Um, But for us, I would say when it comes to action, if you're a Christian like me, I think the church is God's mechanism for the world like that's we that's why we do community transformations through churches no matter where we go um, but then you tend to shy away from government because we're busy working in the church so what ends up happening then is we have ceded the high ground or the the government ground to secular progressives because they view the government as the hope of the world so they invest all their energy in the government and I believe that has been a gigantic error in judgment that even what happened in our Tennessee State House the last couple of weeks was it's kind of embarrassing but when you look at what those guys get paid to do that job a state legislator that's why it was so funny on the office when Angela was dating a senator and it like, was state senator you know because they're making they're making the right joke which it's really a state it's not that big of a deal <laughs> but it's it pays terribly you're all this time away from your family Who's, this is a broad sweeping statement. So if you happen to be a state representative listening to this, maybe you're not one of these, but it's, we're not exactly getting the cream of the crop here because people that are really driven and smart and whatever, they're looking at that going, that's a dumb, I don't want to do that for 15,000 a year. And I got to give up all this. Like, I don't want to do that. I would say that as Christians, we need to start looking at our lives right now. Is there a mission field where I'm sacrificing by going into government situations to lead from there? And I think the answer has got to be yes, and I hope that Conduit can lead the way in that. That's good. What is this event? This is in June, I'm assuming? We, I was actually thinking about that. It's in June. I don't remember the date, but they don't have much time to throw this thing together. I mean, we, right. you know how it takes it forever to put together an event. Yeah. You know? I mean, they're six weeks out probably. Uh-huh. You yeah, You know, I was thinking about, like, how, you know, getting sponsorship dollars and the stuff you need for an event to happen and people making their plans and... Um, I don't know. Now that said, the with the political correct uh world out there, there's probably there probably are some corporations ready to throw money at it, especially because of the national platform that they just got.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it can go either way, right? Like there's gonna be corporations that are gonna be willing to, to throw money to it. I, I do wonder if there are some local businesses because it was so divisive and it has been for the past six weeks, well for the past year mm-hmm. that they pull that they pull their dollars. They, 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 I hope you're right. That would be that
0: would make me pleased.
1: Yeah, it would be it'd be interesting to compare the the sponsor mm-hmm. list um, from last year's event to this year's yeah. event. Yeah, what was sad to me listening
0: to the the discussion was, and this is why I would love more of our conduit people. And there were there there were so many, so I can't complain speaking up because. There are the, the again, so the, the, for the most part, people that go to those kinds of things, I mean, Mo, Mo watches local government television all the time, but it's part of his job. He needs to know what's going on with development, with our own stuff, yada, yada. But for the most part, when you see public comments on there, you're like, well, who's that person and where do they go home to? And, um, and so, you know, some of the people that came to the microphone who were speaking, professing on behalf of Christ were, were pretty, pretty angry, um, pretty cold. And, and unhelpful. Yeah. I would love it if there were more people who were thoughtful and, but again, those people are busy. They got jobs. They got lives. They got small group. They got, they got stuff going on, you know? And I think that it's just, it's, it's human nature. And you said it in staff meeting yesterday. I think right, human nature wins every time or something like you can't beat human nature or something. Let's just Romans one. But anyway, um, but there's just something to that that it's really hard to and so that's part of the, the christ-centered walk with us and i hope that we can awaken that possibility to be a better voice um of truth but not not anger because um, it doesn't help when like, the other side of that is there were young men and women in there who were being told you know to you, know, you can be gay and you should be gay and it's, a, it's an honor to be gay and um and just, so if the only other voice they ever hear, you know, is, is, uh, is an old codger with the Bible saying that God hates sodomy, um, you know, he does. But is there, you can say that in a way that where that young man doesn't feel like, okay, it's true, they do hate me. Uh, I heard people out in the hallway saying, okay, well, be safe out there, be safe out there, people with the, the rainbow. They genuinely think guys like you and I, Want to harm them physically Mm. because that's what they're being told. And in their little bubbles of their little algorithms, that's what they're being told. Echo chamber. Yeah. And, um, and you know, as well as I do guys like you and I, we would, we'd fight for them. We're not going to, you know, but that's part of the narrative that is, it's, it's, it's not true, but that's what they perceive it as. So there's a way to speak truth without, without further confirming some weird narrative they have. Um, I actually watched uh, Edie, and I shouldn't say the other lady's name because I don't know her well enough. But I know her. A, a lady came out of the room, and she was just in tears and sobbing. And I watched Edie Besanio go over and just lay hands on her and pray with her and hug her and hold her. I'm like, that's that's what we are right there. That's no, good.
1: It's good. This week we head into John chapter twelve. Are, yeah. we, are we we're ejecting out of eleven?
0: Yeah, we gotta we gotta move on. Gotta keep moving. We're going to. Uh, Spike Nard, my favorite, my favorite uh, essential oil. Do the oil ladies do they sell Spike Nard? That's a great question because it, it's it'd be expensive, man. It's by the way from the Himalayan mountains. You should have picked some up when you were there. Didn't didn't know it was from the Himalayan mountains till yesterday morning. I'm like, oh, I was just there. I wonder if I could have got some Spike Nard. So yeah, Nard Dog from the office. <laughs> maybe maybe the Nard Dog will make an appearance. Uh, yeah, it's it's. it's a challenge for me because it's one of those passages that everybody knows about it's it's spoken of in all four of the synoptic all three of the synoptic gospels john i'll speak of of mary breaking this um bottle of oil that was expensive broke it i mean she didn't take the cap off and pour it I meant she was given it all there wasn't like she's going to give him a little bit she gave it all um and the beauty of of that and what it What it represented without her even knowing it represented it which is jesus was about to be dead and this was like preparing him for this these are the kinds of spices they use for burials to make the stink not stink as much yeah and so there's a real beautiful thing here mary who stayed home in chapter 11 because she was so hurt and devastated that jesus didn't come for her uh is now at his feet dumping the spikenard
1: it's good. Spiking the nard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll learn more about that this Sunday. Again, we just want to say thank you to those that do tune in and listen each week. Um, and we want to continue to put it out there, too. If you have any prayer requests, if there's anything that we can pray for you or with you about, prayer at conduitchurch.com. Just shoot us an email. And then, as always, you can find out anything and everything that's happening here at Conduit Church through our website, conduitchurch dot com and we'll be here again next week